Well, we both went on vacation, so I think we should at least explain where we've been, maybe. <laughs> Didn't we just do that last week? I guess we did, did we? go. Yeah, the I whole forgot episode. that we even had a podcast last week. <laughs> we did all, our, our last episode was literally how we spent our summer vacation. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot that we did that. Oh, boy. I told someone today we haven't done a show in three weeks. You can do it again because obviously, like <laughs> we, we we cannot. No, at least for my benefit. We can. We absolutely. Can. <laughs> we literally did a whole. Episode. Let's do a quick intro. Oh. Good evening and welcome to another exciting episode of Got the Yearbook After Hours. It is I, your host as always, Eric, aka the Eric Wynn. And with me as always is that hostess with the mostest, Caitlin, aka the Caitlin D. Caitlin, how's it Chris Gainsing? How's it theater of the minding? <laughs> oh, no. um, I'm just theater of the minding my own business over here. Um, completely forgetting but. <laughs> is happening in my life mm -hmm. uh i have had like a sprained neck or I, that's at least what i think it is because i've had this happen before and that's what it was that time mm. and so my just my whole life it's like i'm a complete space to that right now but you know how like when you're in kind of acute pain all the time it's like all you can think about and like your brain's kind of like doesn't really attach to anything else it's yes. just like so i've been in that state it's starting to get better yeah disassociating that's the term so yeah. a lot of processing uh it's been weird i was like doing really well after vacation and then i just like crashed completely so um just recovering from that taking it easy but also you know just healing just healing <laughs> We're all you? Here. how are you doing how's your I do you have any post-vacation blues I do. You know what? I was going to say everything you're describing is actually how I've been feeling like the last week. I feel probably because for the last like 18 months, I have not done anything. And then the last two months I've done so much, like basically got in and out real fast, got all my stuff before everything shuts down again or everything like faux shuts down. So I feel like now I'm really mm -hmm. like I am. It's taken me a long time to decompress up to and including this moment <laughs> as we go live on the show. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it's yeah. been hard to like, uh, I don't know, reintegrate myself into my bed, I guess, or into my normal life, my day to day. I've been just like a space cadet for like the last two weeks for real. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I have to do everything twice. I can't like leave the house without standing in a room staring at the ground for five minutes and like, it's just everything's confusing. It's been a lot of pain, a lot of. <laughs> bad dreams and i'm just like fuck um but also it's weird because you know if anyone's listening in the future this is a strange time of our not so quarantine summer um where like covid is still a thing delta is a thing uh people are having a lot of climate grief i think right now yes. capitalism seems to be like in its death throes and so it's like fighting back against the people and just being extra douchey um it's just a weird time and I think everyone's really stressed out and I'm like, I feel like my sensitivities as a human being are being heightened right now. 
And I'm already kind of a sensitive person. And by that, I just mean, I feel like I get sort of easily overwhelmed by energies, you know? Yeah. And, and also, you know, can to use it in a good way for compassion and, and, you know, like doing healing work and that kind of thing. But like today I reached for this bottle of tea that my friend made me Mm. and I hadn't like had any of it yet. And as soon as I like picked up the bottle, I felt like I could taste it in my mouth. (laughs) And I was like, that's really weird. And then I tasted it and it tasted like that. And I was like, I have no boundaries all right now (laughs) my reality is just splitting apart like humpty dumpty um (laughs) i like the idea of like that's your marvel character it's like what's your superpower it's like if you get me like close to food like i know what it tastes (laughs) like (laughs) i don't actually have to i don't want to brag but yeah, I know exactly what you taste like. Um, you're at restaurants, they yeah. bring you the plate, and you're like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, we're definitely we're, we're operating at a hundred right now. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, um, summer, summer, ascension. I do want crumbling to... capitalism, uh, or maybe not. Maybe you know, hundred yeah. more years. Who knows? <laughs> I felt bad too as you were saying that. I AI like sipping... is like killing people. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say as like literally the second you brought up, um, just like the state of our world, I like started sipping from my plastic water bottle. I was like, ooh, get that off screen. <laughs> it's that me. one's made of corn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's corn plastic, and it's going to be made into shoes now. <laughs> I uh, yeah, to I can't help but like bring up the fact that right before we went on, Caitlin goes, "Oh, which I was like, what should we talk about in the intro?" And Caitlin's like, "Well, let's talk about we have like our summer <laughs> vacations to talk about." And just last week, we did a whole. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Like that's not even a cap on you because I would I've been in the same headspace. It took me I. I had to check the calendar to I, like know what we were like doing the next two weeks like three times in the last couple of days because I kept being like, what? <laughs> like, uh, good times. I had a conversation with someone today about our podcast and I was like, yeah, he was on vacation. I was on vacation and then I think he got like lost in Vegas or something. And then, yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't recorded in like three weeks. So I haven't seen I haven't even seen it. <laughs> and then like I believed that until... <laughs> Five minutes before we started the show and you told me that that wasn't true that we did an episode last week and now i remember it but yeah just was like <laughs> um and to anyway be, so to this be, is a great episode tonight to yeah we be should in that headspace where i think <laughs> like not quite reality but not quite not not reality <laughs> yes that's a perfect way of describing it and a good a good segue into this is to tell the listener i will right now admit on the air i did not do my good co-host diligence and let caitlin know like well in advance what this week was going to be about so when i posted the art for the first time like on saturday (laughs) i was like what (laughs) yeah you sent me a dm that just said in all caps our fun little what you go what (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, by the way, do you know who Garth Brooks is? <laughs> I'm like, 
kind of of course i know who garth brooks is but in another also very true sense no idea you know like i don't know anything about him i don't know like his backstory i've never been like a fan or anything you know oh, so okay um do you know do, are, I'm, yeah <laughs> interesting well let's get our guest in maybe we can talk about some of our histories with the man himself well, should we say uh, should we tell people what the episode is for anyone out there who yes. can't, can't read? Yes, tonight <laughs> we are breaking down. Uh, we just mentioned Garth Brooks. We're actually going to be focusing specifically on his alter ego, Chris Gaines, a fictional character that Mr. Brooks and his team created. And to help us break down this incredible moment in pop culture is our own on-air pop culture historian herself making her triumphant return once again. We got Danica E. joining us live via Zoom. Oh my gosh, that was pretty instantaneous. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Welcome. Good, good. So I'm really glad we're all collectively in a fugue state going into <laughs> this episode. We're all about at the same level of energy, which is really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this, is, this so, is all good. My first question to you, Caitlin, is so you, you're aware of Garth Brooks. Were you aware of Chris Gaines as? No, I mean, I feel like it was a familiar. If you had asked me, if you had like pulled me out on the street and you had been like, <laughs> do you know who Garth Brooks is? I would have been like, sure, kind of. He's like a country music singer. Um, super. Maybe like a boomer age oh, superstar, boomer. you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Second, if they were like, okay, you know who Chris Gaines is, I would probably be like, I think he's a magician. <laughs> hey, that's not far off by like the look. Look is very yeah, yeah, like, he, yeah, yeah. So that's he's about uh huh. And since then, I've re I've watched a little bit of the VH1 behind the music like mockumentary. It's not even a mockumentary. It's just not a. It's a fake documentary. Correct. And um. <laughs> I read the Wikipedia article about Chris Gaines. So that's as much as I know. And I can't wait to learn more because everything I read, I was like, this is incredible. Well, it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. If you're not, if you didn't grow up with a family who were constantly playing Garth Brooks, like my mom was a big Garth Brooks same, fan. Same, In the night, yeah. So Thunder Rolls, uh, the dance strike. is still like so good. Um, my mom, my mom still like, well, like not like sob, but she will like gently like weep when the dance comes <laughs> the on. Single tear. Like yeah, when the, the dance tear. comes on, she will just like think about like. Oh, I love that. Know, Jog is is my hero. So it might be interesting for you to know, Caitlin, because I, I did compile a mini bio of just Garth Brooks very shortly before before we came on. Um, so what you guys might not know is Garth Brooks is actually the biggest selling solo act of all time across all genres, biggest selling solo act, over 170 million albums. Are you? And the Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. He's the biggest selling solo act of all time. And the only artist before him, so he's bigger than Elvis by units sold. And then the only artist before him and it's a group act is the Beatles. So he wow. is second well, you Beatles. Mean, you mean Garth Brooks, right? Garth Brooks, yeah. I thought, you, I thought you made the Chris Gaines album. <laughs> I thought you made the Chris Gaines album. I was like, what the fuck? Holy shit. No, I'm not, I, the Nothing is real. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to set the stage because we have to understand yes. how powerful Garth Brooks was 
in the late 90s to try and pull a stunt like this. Like, yes. wow, this is how he got away with it. So he's like the only artist to ever have nine albums go diamond status. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shit. that's like his thing. He's not, um, he's big enough where he doesn't have to be on Spotify, which to me, like, that's a sign of like someone being huge. Mm-hmm. So did, do you remember when we were like jamming about this? And I said, I have a thesis statement about Garth Brooks as an artist. I, do you yes. remember what that was? No. Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> My thesis statement about Garth Brooks is Garth Brooks is the prince of country music. Uh-huh. There's a lot of parallels, like mm. Prince like was very anti-streaming and obviously he's on streaming now posthumously but garth brooks like left country music in the mid-2000s to raise a family came back and was like i'm anti-streaming you couldn't find his music anywhere and now it's finally on amazon but the chris gaines album is not correct so there's a lot of like interesting like i'm playing a character it's a concept album like he was very ahead of his time (laughs) Yeah, in fact, he the wow. the music just became available back in March, not necessarily on like streaming platforms or at least Spotify, but the Chris Gaines material like they just started releasing it on certain platforms and I think they like re-released he like they released it digitally. I saw an article when I was looking up some history, I just didn't see like where it was, but it was the first time I guess apparently ever that it's been released di- uh, in some sort of digital format. So it's not released yet, but he oh, did do okay. an article in, yeah. But he did do an uh, uh, an interview in March of this year where he said that they're going to release it all on every single platform, including producing vinyl releases of this album. Holy shit. Hey, we're... Wow. But as of right now, it's, like, impossible to find. So I think it's important to back up and talk about, like, what the concept of Chris Gaines is, which is basically in the late 90s. Keep in mind, Garth Brooks is at, like, the top of his career, He, unbeknownst to anyone for many years, had a production company and he was developing a film that was called The Lamb. And The Lamb was going to be a film where he played a fictional rock star. And the plot was a super fan is trying to prove that this fictional rock star, Chris Gaines, was actually murdered. And the the Chris Gaines you see is an imposter. Well, like Avril Lavigne. Yeah, I, you're gonna have to expand on that. I don't. Know. That's a that's like a current There's like, like a internet conspiracy theory that yeah. she's been replaced. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. you're okay. Yes, I have heard about this. So, so he has this production company called Red Strokes Entertainment, and this is the company that he's doing it for. And I think Fox is going to distribute it. And so, what ends up happening is, before the film even goes into production, he embarks on this absolutely bonkers press tour that involves a few elements so i I did a little outline (laughs) with the different elements uh and to me there's four so there's the makeover which is this physical transformation as performing as chris games there's the album which was released as a greatest hits of an artist that didn't exist he hosted SNL and performed on SNL. And then the crown jewel is definitely a fully produced fake behind the music. It was aired without explanation, mm-hmm. like, including <laughs> all of the normal talking heads from all of like Billy Joel, Melinda <laughs> Newman. <laughs> Billy Joel is in it. Yeah. Like, holy wow. shit. Yeah. Well, and, and to think that like this is happening before you can just sort of like go on your phone and look up like is this a real yeah, artist the, the you know like you would totally buy it yeah uh-huh yeah 
So he initially, he did this uh, concert series as Garth Brooks on NBC that probably had like tens of millions of viewers because back then like people would sit down and watch a live concert like that. And in the middle of the concert, he announces, by the way, I'm going to be playing this rock star <laughs> in this movie called Chris Gaines. And he throws a picture up on the background and I don't know, um, maybe we should go into the look really quick, uh, Eric, if you want to bring up an image. Yeah. Because the look, that, the look that he went for, and it's really, it's kind of uncanny, is looks exactly like 2005 Trent Reznor, but <laughs> yeah. like he predates Trent Reznor. It's like emo hair, a soul patch, he basically invented a new aesthetic of goth. It's like mm. Maoist goth where he's wearing like <laughs> these like black high collared shirts. I am pulling up uh, if if I if I could get here quick enough. Oh, it's like the smallest image of all time. And what was what was like his style as Darth Brooks at that time? His style was he was very well known for like denim button up shirts. He kind of originated the um, wraparound head mic actually before Britney Spears. That was the thing that he oh, got. Wow. Uh, cowboy hats always, denim, just like cowboy boots, classic, he, you know, country star. He actually, he, I, I think it'd be fair to say like he wasn't like the most like traditionally like good looking country guy the way like you know like a king chesney or this or that he kind of looked like your dad like anyone's dad at your school or something like that who just happened mm -hmm. to be like a mega star country dude right like the every yeah yeah i mean he was, he was from tulsa he's the youngest of something like eight kids you know like went to oklahoma state very like I think he studied advertising and then he graduated one degree or one credit short of his degree and started playing open mics and, you know, just like a very normal, like country, country kind of root story. And this is um, the look that he decided on for the character. For the, for the YouTube listeners. He, he looks like a sexy video game character. <laughs> the, I love the well manicured, like soul patch. Like it's very, yeah, I don't know. It's it's stylized very well. He's giving he's giving a look for sure. It's real tucked away in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I mean, the jury is out on if that's like a makeup artist creation. I mean, even the hair. But apparently, he did lose a lot of weight specifically to embody this person. So he really did go full goth on this, which is like very appropriate for this show. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating too. I mean, I love anything where someone's like just bending people's, you know, just like capacity to feel like they're in a real place, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like understand what's going on, you know, uh, like we were talking about in the beginning of the show, reality feels weird and topsy turvy right now. So I love this topic right now because it really, I feel like I probably did hear about this person and there's no way I would have known or you know would have been reading the right things i guess to like be aware that this was something he was doing i guess and i think even at the time i just would have been like well that's weird but now looking back on it it's like a very interesting idea you know it would be like i'm i'm just imagining someone else doing this same sort of thing like rihanna you know like out of nowhere just like having this completely alternate like persona and then it kind of just going to, well, I guess we haven't gotten to the, the end, whatever end of it, but. Well, what's interesting about it, I think the reason why it, it kind of like 
is so jarring is because he was such a superstar at the time that this wasn't a press like if a major studio makes a film with a music artist they have like a whole marketing team that comes up with the whole plan and they like roll everything out in the order that they think makes sense but he was such a superstar in his own right that he had his own production company and he's just like this is what i'm doing i'm just going to throw it into the mix and he did all sorts of crazy things like he had um 21 custom guitars made yeah. by like this very famous guitar did you read about this i saw that <laughs> like just before we went live i saw that fender like just in like you said it was like there was only 21 ever made there's only 21 and they were all given a cast and like instead of having a PR person who knew how to like, let's get the public on board with this film. He just came out and said, I'm doing this film, but he did it very guerrilla style. Like mm -hmm. when he announced it during his concert, he had like pop-up video style factoids that would pop <laughs> up on the screen about Chris Gaines as if he was a real person. And they'd be like, did you know that Chris Gaines sold over 220 million units on his first album? And people are like, I don't know who this person is i'm just imagining like these drunk like or like high people just trying to like be at a concert and enjoy like their favorite songs by Darth brooks being like what the, what the hell is going on <laughs> like what wait well and you Dan remember his fan base yeah no no go on go on i'll ask after you're done oh uh, i was just gonna say his fan base was so like heartland like american heartland base but he kind of like crossed over into the mainstream so like all of his hardcore fans are like in the middle of the country or in the bible belt and they love like friends in low places they love like this kind of music and have this hardcore left turn but everyone was kind of like putty in his hands because he was such a superstar that no one could be with it <laughs> mm -hmm. do, do you remember when and i mean even just oh so it's a fly <laughs> it's the spirit of uh, chris Gaines, like the darkness of his soul just like, went over <laughs> your zoom camera <laughs> Um, Eric, go ahead. I was I gonna just ask, uh, <laughs> Danica, do you remember like when you? Because I remember the first time I heard about Chris Gaines, and the only thing I don't remember any of the rest of this real madness until like years later on the internet. The only thing I remember about any of that was the Saturday Night Live performance, which was it was Garth Brooks hosting, and then inexplicably Chris Gaines and I. Like back then, you know, I think I was like eleven or however old I was. So then, like, there was no context whatsoever so you're just kind of like what is going on <laughs> like it was so confusing for it with in a pre-internet you know or at least the internet that we know now do you remember well, what your first was like it, it was the same and i was i was 99 so i was probably 10 like i was 9 or 10 at the time and i think like because we didn't have i feel like the internet and social media allows you to be like reactionary and critical and like i'm gonna look this up what's going on with this but at that time you're just receiving everything so passively that like i didn't question it <laughs> it's just like there is a gothic garth brooks happening and then he went away and then the next thing came along so that was what i remembered but then i i revisited it in college in like 2009 and like went down a huge rabbit hole and i was like how is it how are we not talking about this all the time? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and it's confusing too, because it seems like in the, the documentary, the VH1 documentary, that's like fake. 
it's there's a lot goes into like recreating pictures from the past yeah. and like like a whole full-on movie and like having all these like interviews with real people talking about this not real person and it's, it's like does he it, want it's it's confusing like whether or not he wants people to know that this is like not a real person because then if he's like talking about it it's like what do you want what's the what is this what's going on <laughs> He's exercising a lot of demons, uh, I think. And I think, like, in interviews, he's talked about how there's, like, trails between him and his relationship with his dad. But um, for the benefit of the listeners, I did write a very short summary that I can read speedily that summarizes everything that happens in the beach when <laughs> behind the music. Gotcha. Uh, because it is very intense. I think it's worth everyone watching. It's on Vimeo. You can watch it for free. Do you mind if I do you want to indulge me? Yeah, no, absolutely. Please. All right, so keep in mind, this is a fully produced behind the music episode with a lot of like actors and like like journalists, Billy Joel, as you said, Eric. Yeah. And this is this, the backstory that Garth Brooks wrote about Chris Gaines. Okay, here we go. Chris Gaines is a sex addict and unbelievably successful rock musician who brings chainsaws on tour. Born in Australia to Olympic swimmer parents, he moves to Los Angeles. In high school, he meets his best friend, Tommy Levitz, who at 16 is a licensed pilot, and they start a band called Crash, thinking they will be the new Lennon and McCartney. They gain success and do a tour of 50 states in 50 nights. Then Tommy decides to fly his plane to the next tour date and crashes and dies. Chris, Chris's dad gets cancer and then decides he has to become successful before his dad dies. And then he does, and he fucks a lot of women, and then his dad dies. Then his manager, who he's also <laughs> fucking, takes advantage of him financially. After recording his second album, Fornicopia, he falls asleep behind the wheel and wakes up to his Corvette flying off a cliff. He recovers, has extensive plastic surgery that completely reshapes his face. He starts learning to play again, and then his house burns down. <laughs> he tries to put out with a garden hose. Then he really dives into his sex addiction and asks things like incestuous threesomes. And finally, his girlfriend asks him to go to therapy, where he figures out that he's a sex addict because of his dad. Then he drives to the Mississippi Delta to find himself. Then he starts making music with soul, releases his greatest hits, and then starts making his new album, The End. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, Wow. What a what a life! <laughs> it's just important to, to get all of the teeth open. No, I love the I love the idea of having a best friend who's a pilot when you're a teenager. Uh, I think that sounds like that a Nickelodeon part, show that we didn't get. I had to rewatch that part twice because I got so confused. I was like, "Wait, the 19 year old is the one flying the plane?" Like, I had to, I, I, I missed it. I had to like rewatch that specific part because I was like, I did not hear that right. And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Well, according to the timeline, when he's like, "Oh, he goes to high school and then meets his best friend, who's a licensed pilot, who's like 16." Like, so they're saying he can fly a Cessna as a teenager. But the best part about his best friend's death, and there's the best part, is that, <laughs> is that Chris Gaines tries to warn him. He's like, I knew the weather was bad. I told him yeah. not to fly. <laughs> I made him promise me. I, that's why he's like, he's like, I made him promise me. And then he's like, he promised he would. <laughs> he's, he's, he's really trying to sell some performances throughout I have a quick question. Caitlin, you only watched 10 minutes, but you could have even seen enough of this. But Danica... Am I crazy or is it like a rotating cast of people who are playing the young Chris Gaines, like in pictures that they use? Because there's no way it's all the same guy. 
So apparently <laughs> the story behind young Chris Gaines is that Garth Brooks knew that he needed to cast a younger actor to play like the young version of him. Right. But he wanted him to look really good. And so he actually got the actor that plays young Chris Gaines is the same guy that played young Brad Pitt in seven years in Tibet. Oh my God. No way. Yeah. It's the same actor. And (laughs) did seven years in Tibet come out and he was like, get me that guy. Cause that's what I look (laughs) like now. (laughs) So he showed this guy to his brother and was like, Oh, this is who's going to play me. But like to justify the fact that we have different bone structure, I'm going to be in a car accident. And his brother quipped like, oh, it must uh, be a really bad car accident. So he really just wanted. Like, it was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so it is just the one guy, but it there's like a weird egomaniacal like drive to just have like the hottest version of yeah. like the rock star. I imagine my younger self to be. But then having, but like also having the self awareness, like, well, I have to justify it because obviously that guy wouldn't grow up into me, so I have to be in a car crash. It's very like, and it's a very soapy element to put in there too. Oh, I mean, it's all pretty soapy. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's also, it's funny that to him, like, I, I know that obviously there has to be a little bit of like tongue in cheek, whatever. I don't know. Do do we know who like actually? Because it's technically like a script, like this VH1 thing. Like maybe they let them kind of ad lib, but more or less it's following a dialogue. Like did he write it? Was his team? Do we know who actually like was the one who put those words down by chance? Or Danica, were you able to find that out? So oddly enough, um, what is his name? Don Waz, who's yeah, the, the producer, producer that's interviewed in it. Who, yeah, who also produced a bunch of tracks on the album. He wrote it with Garth Brooks and Get Ready for This. The other producer of four tracks on that album also contributed to the script, and that person was Babyface. No way! Are you serious? <laughs> That's serious. Okay. I found that out like today. <laughs> I found that out today reviewing my notes. So, which actually makes sense because if you listen to the Chris Gaines songs, he sings in this like soft falsetto. It does sound very Babyface, but keep yeah. in mind this is Babyface in 1999 producing for. TLC and Vogue, right. Madonna, like a just unbelievable songwriter. So, but then there were a bunch of people in his production company, but I think part of it was sealed because there was um, like a lawsuit with Fox when the movie didn't happen. And so uh, you can read a deposition of the CEO from his production company, but a lot of it is like very opaque. It's hard to find all the details. I but I do have, um... sorry? Go on, go on. Oh, um, just two quick things before I forget. Uh, while they were developing the film, I found out that uh, Garth Brooks was actually offered the lead in Twister, and then he turned it down. <laughs> Bill Paxton's role in Twister. And the, Whoa. Yeah, and the thing that really blew me away today is apparently Steven Spielberg offered him the role of the sniper in Saving Private Ryan. No. And he turned it down. Yeah. He turned it down because he wanted to be the star and didn't want to be in an ensemble cast. And then Steven Spielberg said, well, like, what role would you want to play? And he just said, a bad guy. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Good hey, for him. <laughs> um. <laughs> Steven, a bad boy, obviously. Yeah. Oh, geez. 
I um, you did have me pull some clips. Should we uh take a look at some of them, Danica? Yeah. I uh. Yeah, I think. What were you gonna say? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh well, I, so you gave me some timestamps, but I was also gonna just play like the first couple seconds of it, so people could just get like an overall vibe of it, because it kind of like immediately jumps into the tone of it, and people can yeah. see what he looks like, or at least what. What, the concert that they keep kind of like showing before you play it where it's like him wearing like a lot of black and it's like him with the already crowd was that the NBC special thing you were talking about or was that during it no the NBC special he was dressed as him as Garth Brooks and that I think they were they actually filmed with a live audience just for this behind the music okay that, that's why I fa- thought it might have been but I wasn't sure if this was something that like they actually got clips from okay perfect that makes it even uh better in my opinion so let's uh <laughs> for the people at home you'll see right now what we're kind of uh getting into here he was a rocker who liked fast cars and even faster women sex that's the greatest thing about being a musician (laughs) his passion for music was rivaled by only one thing I've gone to his hotel room on occasion and uh, there have been more women there than I would count on one hand but his addiction to sex finally forced Chris Gaines to seek help. All right. I real quickly, uh, during that live show, I, I found a picture to the reference. To me, he kind of looks like Uncle Fester <laughs> from Absolutely <laughs> Values when he, when <laughs> Joan Cusack forces him to wear like a wig and big coat. He, there's like a real vibe that I felt during that. Oh, boy. Uh, don't, don't catch it till the scab falls off. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're going to play our first clip here. Danica, do you have your notes? Do you want to set it up for us real quickly? Oh, okay, I think this first one, I really just wanted to emphasize um, how much of like a daddy issues kind of situation we're dealing with, which in all seriousness, apparently Garth Brooks did lose his father to cancer, and so he was like working through that with this. But this is where... Um, <laughs> He's talking about his relationship with the father, the Olympic swimmer, and then his mother kind of ends on this like very dark note about their level of affection for each other. And that's all I'll say. Okay, okay. Um, Danica, are you are you guys able to hear the audio over there? I wasn't in the last clip. I didn't either. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, I apologize for that. Uh, let me see if I can quickly do that. Sorry for the listeners on the YouTube right now. I'm not sure. I thought that was the theme of the mind <laughs> thing you were talking yeah, exactly. I saw your I saw your little thing and it cracked me up. It's the fugue state. I apologize. You got to share the sound. Duh. Okay. So let's get into this. Yeah, I figured I, when he shows those pictures during the thing of his dad, it kind of looked to me like his, what kind of looked like Garth Brooks. I figured those were actually pictures of his dad. So I was hoping that. It's gonna sound macabre, but like I was kind of hoping that maybe his dad did pass away from cancer, because otherwise I'd be like, man, that's fucked up to like use real pictures of your dad <laughs> and be like, and he, like he died from he cancer. <laughs> Dad's just watching, like, oh shit. All right, let's tragically, he has died. But his dad's like, come on. <laughs> Gorgeous. By the time Chris reached right, adolescence, Gene right? Gaines made it yeah. clear he wanted his son to follow in his footsteps. My father wanted me to swim, of course. I, I think everybody in my family wanted me to swim. He was just 
so thrilled that his son was going to be a great athlete. If it was athletics, he could pull me over and explain everything to me face to face. As far as anything other than athletics, it was just not a gift that my father possessed. I mean, Gene must have said he loved Chris at some point, but I don't remember it. <laughs> so much to unpack here. That's his mother. That's his mother saying that. Oh, man. That, that particular line really got me good. Uh... She's like, yeah, like, he probably didn't love him very much. I had never seen any of it. I, I... <laughs> that his father loved him. Um I don't understand what he meant when he said, um, I mean, he's like, when my dad, if it was athletics, my dad could pull me over and explain it face to face. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was very confused by that as well. Is that, I don't, is that what fathers do who are involved? <laughs> this, like this close? <laughs> they like pull you over in your car and they're like, listen. <laughs> I think he meant like, oh, my dad's only love language was sports. I, I see. I see. But, but, yeah. But as he said that, in my mind, I just imagine he's like face to face. I just imagine them being like this close together. <laughs> and then his mother just very cavalierly says, and he couldn't communicate otherwise. I, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, they're Australian. Like none of this is coming. I have to emphasize that again. His parents are Australian and moved to LA and they end up with Garth Brooks. <laughs> well, wait, his real parents are Australian? No, in the his in fictional the, character. Chris Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. Yeah. Parents are Australian. She didn't have an Australian accent, did she? She had like an she English accent. I don't know if it was Australian. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know the fucking difference. I just don't even I didn't pick up even a, on an accent, I guess. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there was an accent. Would you describe it as Australian, Danica? It sounded more British to me. It, but It sounded like broadly British, but I have a feeling, we, guys, this is late 90s. They weren't trying to be politically correct. Okay? <laughs> they weren't getting authentic Australian, Australian actors in film. <laughs> well, is this mom even an actor? <laughs> really? Is like, she a swimmer? The guy who does the Foster's commercials in the Outback, he's busy that week. So let's just bring in this lady. <laughs> I wonder where the Olympic swimmer idea came from. <laughs> yeah, that re- well, so I know that Garth Brooks did track and field in college. So he was an athlete himself. But the swimming part is, yeah, I'm fascinated by that. It's very specific. Yeah, the the other thing that made me laugh. Okay, so I was kind of saying this earlier, but I didn't like finish the full thought. But obviously, like him, um, baby face, uh, and the other guy, what's uh, uh, my blank on his name? Who's the other person? Yeah, obviously, like some of it, they I have to assume, like, you know, they're they understand, like, there's a little bit of like a tongue in cheek aspect to it. But Garth Brooks, you know, I do feel like there is like a slight, like, that delusional part of it where, and one of the things is like how he, they keep kind of going back to the high school thing, like, and mostly like a true, <laughs> like, behind the music, it'd be like he fucking dropped off or they would like not spend so much time on the high school thing but like he almost like makes a point to be like i, I did go back and finish <laughs> like, even like his dark rock star self like he, he can't allow himself to be too dark ever in this so it's like no i, I did go back and finish high school <laughs> well and it's and it shows like how much he 
he is really trying to perform something that's so antithetical to his personality. Like even the camera angle for the interview, it's like <laughs> down and he has the hair swooped and there's like candles, hundreds yeah. of candles just going <laughs> like all to add to the affectation because he's like working so hard to be this person. And that's like vastly entertaining for me. It really so- go on. I, well, I was going to sort of move it forward and I was going to ask like how it was received then. So, <laughs> I mean, the general reception for all of this was just like rank confusion, although he did have, so there were two singles from the album that you can readily find, well, kind of, Lost in You <laughs> was one single that actually charted on the top 40, Yes, and it's a straight up ripoff of More Than Words by Extreme, and- Bite me on that. <laughs> and the music video is a ripoff of the. I, I watched it earlier today. The music video is more. Did you watch the music video, Danica? It's mm-hmm. basically like the Goo Goo Dolls video for uh, what was their big hit from the City Iris. of Angels? Yeah. It's like, oh. it's almost exactly like that. Like the set design is exactly like that weird room that the guy's hanging out with, like all the weird telescopes looking out in the city. I swear to God, go watch it. It just looks like that, but with like a budget of only like $200. <laughs> it's crazy. Weird. But even then, the power to make multiple music videos and concert experiences in a show for something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yep. Respect. It, sounds, it kind of honestly sounds like a classic sort of like midlife crisis. But <laughs> when you are in the seat of being this like tremendously popular music artist. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think I, I want to get to like, so there's like a couple more clips. Yeah, and but- some of them are, are specifically about the sex addiction part that I think are funny, but the next one that I sent you, this is a clip about, um, this is where like Garth Brooks is trying to be like, oh, this band, it was like anti-establishment. Like our band Crush was anti-establishment and it's just, it's incredible. Say, let's, let's watch it right now. College. By June of 1986, Crush had completed recording their debut effort. The album was shipped to stores with great expectations. Then somebody noticed a little problem. It slipped by all of us, this picture of Chris that appeared that he was giving everybody the finger. (laughs) He had his his hands in his pockets and just the middle fingers were sticking out. People have always wondered, did he mean to do it? Well, of course he did. You know, he's not stupid. I think the bird was more intended (laughs) to the system. And it was a message I think we were sending out that we were going to do things our way. A few... I love that they blur it out. Um, but to answer your question, Caitlin, yeah, I don't, I don't think he even cared how people received this project. Sure, the sure. Reception was pretty much utter confusion. Although one single did chart, and then eventually, because the album was poorly received, they just didn't ever complete like producing the movie. Although he's talked about it in interviews as if the movie was made and it'll never be released. So it's like, again, the, the parallels between Prince and Garth Brooks are just endless. He is just living in a surrealist fantasy scape of his own creation. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I love that. Good okay. for him. So next up we got what the crush is all about. We'll, we'll just let it play and then we'll, we'll talk about it after because I think it kind of will speak for itself. Time. Yeah, it's nice. I, you know, I like the fans, the women. <laughs> you know, all the attention is cool, you know, but 
I think just what uh, Chris said earlier, it just boils down to having the love for it. <laughs> They're full of shit, dude. It's all about the paycheck. It's all about the women and, <laughs> and the parties, man. It's the clothes. Dude, check these pants out. <laughs> check that out, man. We were on top of the world. I mean, <laughs> he that guy really does look like Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Um, I love his fucking 69 baseball tee too. <laughs> no, I meant the Chris Gaines guy, but um No, I know. Was that supposed to be the younger one? That wasn't Ashley Darth Brooks, was it? Like the, the younger guy, the guy in the black vest was um <clears throat> the guy that played young Brad Pitt. So that's Okay, yeah, the- that guy did look like Brad yeah. Pitt, but yeah, the guy that was talking. I mean, yeah, it's all it's all just so wacky and I it makes me wonder too like was he was this funny for him or was it like dead serious? I I have a feeling it was completely earnest. Although like when he does interviews about this time in his life after he's not butthurt about it. He'll like make jokes. He's like, oh, I got the shit kicked out of me on that one. Like, yeah, get it. I think I have a feeling like I think he just wanted to do something completely different and did it very earnestly and then it didn't work out and he had a good sense of humor about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I think all of that was made completely in earnest. Yeah, I can't help but want, think that like the people like in his circle, like I, the other people might have been working on it. I feel like they might have found the more immediate humor or kind of like under, like kind of got the joke of it or thought like it was a joke and I think that Garth Brooks went into it maybe like even around them was like yeah yeah but i think it was like er, like his part like his helping hand in it which obviously is like huge because it's all about him is very earnest like i think it's a because <laughs> he's just kind of out of touch you know it's it's just it's impossible to be you know he his first album came out like 89 and immediately like that first album maybe it's his first album no but, like his first like successful album was 89 so this was exactly like 10 years later. We're talking about like a multimillionaire guy who's just like only known a life of like being in stadiums and at the top of charts like that. So it is impossible for someone to be completely yeah. in touch, you know, at that point. Especially back well, then with like no social media, like nothing to like ground you. Like you're just in this nonstop bubble with no, you know, outside mm-hmm. view. Well, when your line of credit with the public is that big, you really think because like your risk assessment is totally different. Like yeah. when you're selling that much, but I also like, and this might be a little generous, but I think he's an incredibly prolific artist. He was like making albums like every year, sometimes yeah. twice a year, touring constantly, loves to perform. He only stopped because he was like, I'm going to raise my family. He's a very... Garth Brooks is a good man, okay? Let's just <laughs> get that out of the way. He's a very good man. Shouts out to but Tony Yearwood. Yeah. But I think um, he actually was trying to do kind of like a David Bowie character change. Like, this is an era. Like, this is my era. Chris Gaines, the era. And then maybe I'll have a different era as a country uh-huh. singer. I think he thought he had a wide enough berth to take a risk like that and just mm-hmm. took it. And boy, did he take it. It's it's a big leap. <laughs> he took a big leap, yeah. Which is why <laughs> I respect that. I, yeah, it's why I love all this so much is because, you know, I, I think everyone loves like a big swing like that. And that, again, like to kind of go back to my thing earlier, like the, the bird thing, like it's so funny because to me, like other people would write that and be like, yeah, the joke is that like how fucking stupid is like giving the bird so harmless like that. But I can't help mm-hmm. but think like to Garth Brooks, it's like, 
to him it's like well that there is a little bit of controversy to that guys like fellas like he, <laughs> he would never do that besides on something right, where I, it's very obviously kind of yeah. like fake more or less you know I, yeah, I'm sure everything he did was so controlled, you know, mm -hmm. like by his whole team and everything, you know, that that would be something that he would never be allowed to do. So in this project, it's like, yeah, he's I'm going to bring a chainsaw on tour. The fuck yeah. is that? Like, he, he even, <laughs> I love that he even about? calls it the bird. Like he doesn't they won't even say just flipping <laughs> off like like they have to refer to it still as like the bird. Like they're still like <laughs> the most softening of the edges throughout this. Like he doesn't do heroin. He does his addiction is sex, you know, which that's kind of like tease up our next uh, clip here um real quick side note the movie the like movie that never came out was called the lamb uh for anyone who's listening to this right now a24 like the big you know hip studio they just released like trailers <laughs> for the last couple weeks for this new like horror film coming out called uh the sheep and i kept like all week while i was like doing notes and looking up <laughs> stuff i kept switching the two up so i'd be like oh yeah and he's got this new movie or this movie that never came out the sheep I thought it was called The Lamb. I think it's called The Lamb. The, yeah. the new A24 that's coming out? It is yeah. called The Lamb. Oh, okay. No, nothing is called The Sheep. <laughs> Except for us, am I right? Oh, yeah. shit. Oh. Sheep. The, the, I saw the trailer for that. My uh, One of my boyfriend's Ooh. friends worked on that movie. But, like, my <laughs> I thought you were going to say one of my boyfriends. Like, one of my boyfriends worked oh, on no, it. No. My boyfriend's Friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he was like the DP or something, but he was showing me the trailer and I was like, wow, this looks really cool. But my brain, because we had this planned, I couldn't stop thinking about Christmas. <laughs> I can't believe that movie's actually called The Lamb, too. <laughs> That's <The> cheap. <laughs> that broke me up. I'm, I'm actually crying right now. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Woo. Okay, let's get. And he gets. Yeah, reel it in, buddy. <laughs> For the listener at home, I. Oh man, just. Eric is having an emotional release. It's <laughs> what we call it in the biz. I haven't seen the game, so. <laughs> All right, now back to sex addiction. Yeah. Okay. Should I play the clip first, or do you want to give anything on it? Um, I just want to preface this again. I can't emphasize enough how much sex addiction plays into. It's so integral into Chris Gaines's story to a point where like I'm trying to understand what Garth Brooks was trying to tell us about himself or maybe other people that he knew but mm. it is so stilted kind of like the bird thing where like they do these talking head interviews where where it's just like he just he just loved sex there were just babes, babes everywhere and it's so awkward yeah. and there's a couple clips of this but yeah it's worth going to but yeah the the whole thing 43 minutes the entire you know without commercial breaks or anything like that and i genuinely not you know being exaggerating or anything like that i would say at not more than 30 seconds will go by before they will reference him sleeping with someone or his sex addiction <laughs> or like women as like you know like babes like that like it it is quite literally the bulk of this entire thing <laughs> okay let's uh let's play this bad boy yes all the doctors told me I would have trouble walking and I definitely never played the guitar again. I knew I would walk again. But living my life without music, <laughs> and this is embarrassing to say, but I was worried about living my life without sex. For the next 18 months, Chris... <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay. 
The music. I'm sorry, I should have said it better. That is after he survived a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> He's worried about not ever being able to lay it down again. I uh, wow. the correct me if I'm wrong. I would but, be worried about that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, no shame in that. Correct me if I'm wrong. The reason why he gets in a car accident is because they were recording so late, right? It was like that they were recording. They had what do you call it? like a marathon recording session is what they refer yeah. to as, which that and they had a, they had an insert photo of him like asleep, but like young Chris Gaines asleep on the couch. And then he gets in his sports car and it's just before dawn and he's speeding home to Malibu. And they keep saying like he had the radio on so loud. It was just so loud. It was cranking up. And then he wakes up to his Corvette flying off a cliff. Not just <laughs> I crashed into a pole or whatever. The moment he wakes up is he's flying off a cliff. <laughs> I again it goes back to the thing of like he couldn't I don't know, just the fact that like it couldn't even be that he was so tired from like fucking so much, like oh just like hours of <laughs> fucking it was like he was, you know, really good at his art yeah, and his work. Like drunk. <laughs> yeah, like it was just like he had such good worth ethic that he crashed his car. <laughs> Shouts out What's to uh Someone real quickly. Someone in the YouTube said Eli uh, Arneson. Arneson is the DP of Lamb, and he's great. Uh, right. So shout out to Eli. We see you, buddy. Shout out Eli. We love you. We see you. We hope you worked on the sheep. The follow up. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So uh, what do we got next, Danica? Oh yeah, we're going to continue a little bit more on uh, Chris Gaines's debilitating uh sex addiction yeah this is the and before we this is the last one i think i sent you so before yeah. we go into it um another it's it's worth watching because they interview he has one kind of consistent girlfriend throughout this named maria costa but then they yeah. keep interviewing this other girl who's like the side chick and her name is jennifer allgood <laughs> yeah. and she's like it's like the most cheap throwaway, like Bond, like <laughs> sex pot name ever. And um, there's like a great quote where first she talks, she says, uh, I knew I wanted to draw the line when he asked me and my sister to go to bed. And then I said, oh, I can't fuck my sister. That's <laughs> basically what she said. And then yeah. oh. and he then just dropped that, like, yeah, he was really bad. He brought a chainsaw tour. He also like did incestuous. You wanted like incestuous orgies or sex or yeah, that's that, what, you say? That's what I was referring to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, yeah. And then uh, there's one point where she they like do like a five second clip of her and she says, you know, sometimes you don't have four or five, six women. He could go all night, but I'm not as limber as I look. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. By the way, the brilliance of Garth Brooks, years ahead of like the like step sibling porn, you know, boom of the two thousands. Incest is older than Garth Brooks. Okay, that's right. true. It's the oldest <laughs> industry in the, in the, the world. oldest profession. Yeah. <laughs> Professional incest master. Okay, let's uh, play a little bit of this right now. Epic proportions. If ever there was a human being that needed treatment for sex addiction, it would be Chris Gaines. And I'm smiling, but it's really not that funny of a situation. <laughs> With Chris, the whole world was the stage, and that, you know, tended to cross over into the bedroom. But I'm not as limber as I look. I've gone to his... <laughs> Woo! Was, wow. Um, 
I mean, in that context, now that comment feels more aggressive. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's intense, though, like being like, I'm laughing because I'm like, he was a really fun alcoholic, but it's actually a pretty serious situation. (laughs) And you know, it's funny that you say that is it's just occurring to me now how interesting it is that there's no mention of alcohol or drug abuse in like the entire like his entire story they don't even mention him like drinking they're just saying like his version of partying is just fucking but yeah, like that doesn't is- sound like he does smoke doesn't sound like he does anything else yeah and I'm wondering if garth brooks was sort of like uh, my fans can't handle the substance abuse but like my fans love the ladies maybe they'll like <laughs> you know what <laughs> like, what's what's the coolest addiction yeah. <laughs> what's crazy is that's exactly which also satisfies my ego Sorry. I was going to say, what's crazy, that's actually exactly, that was true for Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons of uh, KISS. They both, like, detested alcoholics and drug acts. Like, they, like, did not, I mean, I'm sure, like, they got a little bit drunk probably back in the 70s, but after a certain point, they both, like, turned their nose up at it, but they, like, fucked literally, like, dozens of, like, fans at every stop that they would go to, like, in the, literally their whole entire lives. Like, that's always been, like, their big claim to fame to the point where it's like very obvious that that is an addiction probably that gene simmons has and it's that that, this is literally what their behind the music would have been like because they didn't party at all they just that was their version of partying was they just wanted to fuck basically so So it's established that chris gaines is in the pantheon with gene simmons (laughs) we've made them clear except all the all the chicks he banged were imaginary and he, was, he was actually going home and like reading his son's stories at night, or I don't know <laughs> yeah. what his children's situation is. We, the, the you're right though. Now that I'm thinking about it, even when it showed like the young them in the in Crush, like it's in there, like the guy, the narrator's like they had access to all. Like usually they would at least hint at like you know, and they're like getting drunk. They had access to all the drugs like that. They don't even like hint at it. And the guy says himself the like you know the other member of that band. He's like, yeah, man. What's also great is the money, the paychecks, and like he, he wanted to say the, he wanted to say the <laughs> pussy, but he couldn't. So he said, and the baby. he's the clothes. Or the clothes. I've never <laughs> heard a single red blooded like heterosexual rock star be like, you know what is the best thing about this gig? The fucking clothes. <laughs> and then he's wearing that fucking sixty nine shirt. Look at these pants. He's like spanking it like <laughs> these bad boys are thirty bucks. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know what? I forgot the another great part we kind of skipped over. You or you mentioned it in your intro or your little summary sheet, but a special shout out to the quick little storyline where his original manager, I'm blanking on what the character's name is, but she takes advantage of him by basically it sounds like she like wrote a contract where she's getting like a lot more of the royalties or whatever. But then a part of it which just blows my mind, I'm still so confused how it works, is like he discovers this, Chris Gaines discovers that his manager is like kind of swindling him because one night he's like, you know, I'm making, I'm selling so many albums, so how come I only made like a million dollars this year or something like that? So he went through and looked at like the bank statements and realized that he was paying his manager rent at the house that he owned. So he was like, how is it that I bought this house with the money I earned and I'm paying her rent for it? And I'm like, yeah, how? <laughs> I have a rebuttal. I have a okay, rebuttal. Okay. She Lou Pearlman'd him. 
Like, oh, okay. That is a full month. That, that's full on exactly what happened to NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. He, he actually wrote a contract where he said he was like the next, he was a member of the band. And then like everything that, like like the houses that they got, and he would like organize the lease and everything. That was like exactly what was happening. So I actually, really? my, my disbelief is thoroughly suspended for that. But it is funny, like her reactions when she's like, "It's not my fault he didn't read the contract." Right. <laughs> she's very. She's not diplomatic at all. She's like, "I don't know. I was fucking him. It's not my fault he didn't read the contract." She. They gave her two different ones. The first one's that, and then the other one was like, "I don't regret what I did." Like it's the only time where someone's like real charactery. Like she probably did, like had some work at like Second City or something like that, where she's like, "No, I am evil. Like, I was a bad <laughs> manager." <laughs> it's not even that it's like drag she's like doing yeah. a drag yeah. character there there's it's very broad in that moment because she does like it's like as if anyone would ever go on one of these things and say that like and then by the way uh, if you're seeing this please let me represent you <laughs> so um i i'm still wrapping my head around how uh, billy joel got involved in this whole mess but you know what billy joel and Garth Brooks is like the Billy Joel of country music in many ways. Like, even though he is like a superstar and had like all those hits, like they are both such like everyday men. And like Billy Joel, like his version of, even though he did technically like drink and drive and, you know, he did have like a little bit of controversy, but he's still such a like dad kind of guy at heart. Like he's very much just like a meat and potatoes sort of guy. Lots so of dads drink and drive. That's <laughs> true. I could see both and of them. And moms too, Caitlin. Moms can do it too. <laughs> I don't know if you That's heard right. of him. Equality. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could totally see the two of them just vibing. They both have like such like boring old man energy to them. They can't. <laughs> I I could totally see him being like golfing I find buddies. That offensive. <laughs> On which part? Like, who are you offended about me saying that about? Again, I'm saying Garth Brooks is the prince of country music, <laughs> not Billy Joel. I would say Keith Urban is maybe the Billy Joel. What? No or way. Any of, those, Urban. any of those boring fucks. I think Garth Brooks has pizzazz. I think he has chutzpah. He has, what is it? What is it? Um, charisma, uniqueness, nerve urban and talent. talent. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> He's feeling cunt, as the kids would say. <laughs> Oh boy. Um where you did already explain why he's like Prince, but I'm still I'm, I'm having a hard time finding the complete parallel <laughs> besides like business decisions that were made. Okay. So my, Okay, so I guess the few main parallels would be um one of the most storied performers of their genre, mm. kind of like extremely commercially successful, but also a complete like autonomous control of their own recordings, estate, like owning their masters, you know, like Prince had to fight for his masters back from Warner Brothers, but got them back. Wouldn't release any of that on streaming. Uh, con basically controlled like all of their own revenue and production and took pretty incredible artistic risks. And might I say, both incredible performers. I've never seen Garth Brooks, but I did see Prince at the forum in like 2012. And I want to say, I'll probably have the same emotional reaction to that show that I did that I will to see Garth Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> Just, all right. All right. I'm listening. Eric, do you have a counter argument? I don't actually. You know what? His <laughs> his double live album is like 
it's it's in the top of live. I don't. I'm not a huge like mo- even though it's no longer really considered modern, but I'm not a fan of modern pop country from like 80s on. Besides, like maybe some of the stuff I grew up with, including um the, the chicks now the chicks, but the Dixie Chicks are material from the 90s and just call them Dixie Chicks. <laughs> um, Garth Brooks, Reba McIntyre, like a couple Brooks and Dunn's here and there, like a like a couple of those guys I grew up with. I have like nostalgic like for. But I would say the Dixie Chicks and Garth Brooks are like the only two where I'm like, I still listen to it. And I'm like, I'm hyped up. I'm, I listen to <laughs> Combat Rouge and I'm like throwing stuff. I'm like opening the pit up to that song. It's so goddamn good. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see you open the pit up to Friends in Low Places. That's like the slowest, that song, the slowest mosh that's ever happened. <laughs> that song is still go to any karaoke or any like bar that's a little bit more, I don't know, like other you know redneck style blue collar style that song when it comes on like the whole place goes fucking banana still to this day or if you come into my apartment at 8 a.m <laughs> i make breakfast <laughs> no pops on <laughs> is that your is that your go-to what's your go-to if you had to convert someone right now on the spot to garth brooks what would be your go-to song the dance 100 percent that's a good it's that's a slow little... burn. I would say rodeo would be mine for like it's a good in between. It's like it's got a little bit like that. You know Papa Loved Mama, that song? Oh, that's a great fucking song. God that's damn. He had hits. He's got hits on hits on hits. He does. He really you. does. He is stacked up. I Garth Brooks, my friend, I see you. Uh we did we did hit the hour mark. We watched our clips. Danica you you tell us what do you have any final thoughts or closing statements yeah is there any other <laughs> notes that you've kind of gotten that you want to make sure we hit um you know i think i've made a perfect argument as to why he's the <laughs> prince of country music i think um i would just say that anybody watching at home definitely just look up the behind the music to watch i've actually ruined two parties making everybody <laughs> um and, and then and at first it started out funny and they were laughing and then I would start shushing people so they could keep the next part. Um, so <laughs> definitely watch that. But I did actually uh, pull a quote uh, okay. from Garth Brooks that we could end on. And this is just like him talking about, you know, Chris Gaines. And so this is a, a, in 2015. He says, um, he's like, I don't think you're ever going to get it. You know, all I can say is my ribs are still sore from getting the shit kicked out of me for doing that one. But I love that record. I would do it again in a heartbeat. And to tell you the truth, because it's all about the music. And I thought the music was fantastic. Oh, I like that. I uh, for for closing statements real quickly, I do want to point out I, I did listen to like a healthy amount of the album today. I, I had to really fucking seek it out. And a lot of it is country. <laughs> it's like a softer, I guess, more pop rock or, you know, light rock take on country or if you want to. But it still feels <laughs> kind of like a country record by all, you know, for all intents and purposes. Uh, but it, I like that the approach of it was that it was not a country. D- I, do they ever they don't really ever say they I guess. Do they mention like genre at all during the faux documentary? They they don't, but they say like when he makes his next album, the he's like, oh, he started making music with soul from the Mississippi Delta. But yeah, I do think yeah. one of the funniest, the funniest song on the record is right now, which I don't know if you got to listen to that. I don't. Which one is it? Because I'm not going to remember titles necessarily. It's the song that samples um, "Get Together" by the Youngbloods, yeah, and oh, yeah, that yeah. it's just, it's just 
fast spoken word in the style of we didn't start the fire or like (laughs) it's the end of the world. And he's like, maybe it's the Bible or maybe it's the lack. Like he's like (laughs) rapping. And then the chorus is come on people now. (laughs) Which again to, Hey, that, if you listen to uh, my coworker, unfortunately plays a lot of country music and a lot of modern day country music, like it's like a weird hybrid of like pop and even hip hop or like at least like a sort of like the patter, like a certain thing that like re- is reminiscent of someone attempting hip hop. So <laughs> Garth Brooks, you're right. You know what? Visionary. Like Visionary. Uh, I'm saying, yeah, he's yeah. a luminary. If he's not the prince, he's at least the Kanye West okay. of country. Music. Hey, I was going to say uh, when... Yeah, when you were talking about like the long recording hours, I was thinking of Kanye in his stadium locker room. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I love that picture. So 100%. good. Um. Okay, Th- Danica, thank you so much. Do you do you have any final thoughts you want to give us before we uh, before we close out this evening? I don't know. I think I think I said all that I needed oh, to say. Caitlin, are you now, do you have any final thoughts? Are you going to check out Garth Brooks's uh, material based on tonight or Chris Gaines? I am. I like country music. Uh, it's just like I, for whatever reason, I haven't really listened to it. You know, I didn't have that mom. So, yes, I'm going to go listen to both of those artists. <laughs> go go <laughs> those listen. totally real artists. Go listen to Garth Brooks' The Dance right now, for real. Like, yeah. like get the mood, get 100%. the mood, play with your okay. little mood light thing, set it to like purple or dark blue, whatever like your, the more antic, antagonistic uh-huh. ones are settings and just get vibe, <laughs> you and Prince, just vibe on it. It's, it's a vibe. All right. All right. Well, Danica, thank you so much for coming on the show and enlightening both us and our listeners about the strange pop culture <laughs> phenomenon moment in time watermark known as Chris Gaines. Uh, Caitlin, as always, thank you for being the co-host with the most. I'm going to say good night, y'all. Good night. Good night, Bye. guys. Have a good one. Thank you.